Uh, this is Corey Evans, and you are listening to the Vanilla Beaners podcast. Uh, that sounded racist. What's up, Paul? Hey, man, how you doing? We were just talking about marriage and divorce, and and I was saying, telling you that I, I'm not gonna get, I, I'm not gonna get divorced, and if I do, I'm not gonna get married again. So let's say there's there's a scenario where, and I think I heard another comedian say, or a comedian say this. I think it's Greg Fitzsimmons where he said, if he had a choice, he was on a desert island, and he could only choose his best friend or his wife to be with him the rest of the time there. He chooses best friend every time, man. And that's that's the way I would do it. Think about how fun that would be. There's no fighting. There's no none of that. If y'all need to release some, some, some stress, you go in the jungle. You do what you got to do. You come back. Well, you ask for his help. Why wouldn't you just masturbate on the beach and just say, hey, don't look over here? That's, I mean, we got to warm up to that. I mean, I, we haven't lived together in a while. I mean, if you're so. like in an abandoned island where there's like nobody around. Yeah, but still privacy. I think I'm one of those people that even in a desert island, I would still, I think I would still like shit somewhere where you couldn't see me. I would somehow create a door out of like bamboo leaves or something. I would shit. Yeah, that's, on, in the, you know? like just in in full view of the ocean, like or shit in the ocean. Yeah, that's like scenic. It's like you know how people have like aromatherapy candles in their bathrooms or like white noise machines. It's a live yeah. white noise machine. I feel yeah, like it would also, be calming to me because I have bathroom anxiety, so I can't always go when I need to. Oh, for real? Yeah, because I get very, like, I'm very private. Is, well, is that just in public or is that at home, too? Um, It's mostly in public unless I have a lot of people at my house and then it's at home, too. Okay, yeah. I don't shit in, like, if I shit in public, it's an emergency, like a real emergency. Yeah, it's like I have to go or there will be consequences. For, for the listeners that I don't want to third, deal with. For the listeners out there, that third voice is Corey Evans. I, I, I didn't laugh, know if I was supposed to wait. To laugh, Hub City, laugh Hub City originator. No, man. It's you know, nothing nothing matters. It's fine. It's 2020. <laughs> Does I mean, anything matter? The window. No, nothing. Nothing. Selena, you're talking about the bathroom anxiety. There's So within these truck driver circles, they talk about these, like these, these Middle Eastern dudes. No, Indian dudes. Well, there'll be two or three of them. No, 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 three. Sometimes four of them, they say in a truck, in the sleeper cell, and they'll have, like, they'll have a, I don't know how accurate this is, but they say, like, they have a hole cut out in, in the floorboard, in the back, <laughs> to where they can shit without stopping. And that, that, that while the truck is in motion, they'll swap out. Like, the person on the passenger side will hold the steering wheel, put it in cruise control, and then one of the dudes from the back will go in and swap out the driver. That way they keep that rig moving. Those guys, I mean, that's, I think that's what's wrong with America. Yeah, that's, that's what's wrong with America. We're not taking shits in trucks that are moving and yeah, swapping out. Yeah, we can't even <laughs> get two seconds of relief to take a shit in peace. You must do it on the clock in front of the customers. So yeah, they say that they say that the shit goes underneath the uh, underneath the catwalk and and everything there on the on the truck. Where that's nasty, man. And but see, what that made me think of is I I've been contemplating. Getting I like to know. While I'm driving. I like to know where I'm leaving my shit. For real? <laughs> I think that's yeah. I think I like that. I think I like knowing my shit is. I shit here, and it's going mm-hmm. into the ocean. It's going to the proper place, mm-hmm. 
and it's mm. not just in the middle of the road. Like I feel like, yeah. Mine's I, not. Know, mine's not middle of the road. Like worrying <laughs> about where it goes. Mine's just like. I never know when I sit down to take a shit. I never know like, what's this gonna sound like and what's this gonna smell like. Yeah, this mm. I the sound I'm not super self conscious about because like everybody does it. It's just the smell. Like I feel like it's rude to like because at work most of our bathrooms are like single person bathrooms, and I feel like if I just take a shit in the bathroom that's in the break room, it's gonna ruin mm. everybody's lunch. <laughs> and I'm polite, See, you, you know. Like... I care about other people. I want them to enjoy their their uh, pansit and their uh, lumpia and. <laughs> But you can just, like, get a match or something. Like, mine, I'm definitely more of a sound guy. I don't like, like, if I'm, I I had recently, I had someone over uh, who I was interested in, and she stayed with me, and it's just, like, every time I needed to take a shit, it's like Mm. I'd turn on the shower, and it just seemed like I was taking five showers a day. (laughs) I can't can't do it, man. I can't date. He takes so many showers, but he doesn't smell any better. (laughs) I don't think I'll ever be to date. So, Selena, hey, what's been going on since the last time we did this podcast, which has been a little bit? Um, well, last week um, we made what could possibly be a horrible mistake and went to Kelsey's uh, cousin's wedding. And Why is that a mistake? Because it was like, I think I, I saw this chart a, uh, like a week or so ago that like a wedding is like a level seven spread event. Like you're more likely to get that than you are like just, you know, going to the grocery store or whatever. Level but, seven on um, like what four, uh, scale of fifty? I or saw 100? I saw like nine levels. I don't know if it means uh-huh. like nine out of ten, and ten is just like uh-huh. kissing a stranger on the mouth. <laughs> but it wasn't mouth. on the chart, um, so I'm guessing it's a seven out of nine. And but like nobody at this wedding was wearing masks except for the people that were like working, like the caterers and the people that were working at the bar. As well, they should. <laughs> <laughs> So, but uh, protect these poor minimum wage. Yeah, I had one, and Kelsey had one. But like when we, um, I went to the car to go get something, and I came back, and Kelsey was already inside the church, and she had her mask off. And I was like, "What was the (laughs) point of even having this to wear it outside? Uh Uh These are not sunglasses. (laughs) That's not how you're getting under. Well, and then too, like when I walk in. Kelsey's mom is like, you don't have to wear that in here if you don't want to. I'm like, that's not how this works. Yeah. This is yeah. not like, so, it's not an optional, I don't understand. But was there social, was 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 there a social no. distance between Kelsey and the neck? Okay. There okay. was no well, yeah. social distancing. And like, Kelsey's mom has immunodeficiencies. Kelsey's grandmother oh. has immunodeficiencies. It's possible that Kelsey I, either has it or will develop it as she gets older. But it just like the blatant like it wouldn't be me. I would not it and it's very hypocritical of me to say like I wouldn't have my wedding in a pandemic. But I definitely mm-hmm. would not like I know I went to one, but I wouldn't have one. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe I, it's just cuz I have like I only have one living grandparent left, so I'm trying to like preserve that. Mm. Not like What's these other for? people with like four grandparents all just, you know, you can spare one, I guess. They, they got some to lose. Right? <laughs> They're playing with I'm house down money. to my last one. <laughs> So my sister's getting married, and I keep trying to convince her because she's going to have a small wedding in a couple of weeks, but small is like 70 people. And I've been trying to convince her. I'm like, you should just, because my dad told her, he is like, I can give you a certain amount of money, and then you do the wedding, or like we'll plan the wedding together. 
And I was just like, this is the perfect opportunity to be like, I'm not allowed to have a wedding. Give me that money. Yeah. We'll get married in a courthouse. And then yeah, in a year or whenever this shit blows over, just like rent a warehouse for like $500 and buy a keg. And everyone <laughs> Dude, fuck yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah. That is how you do it. Also, side note, this wedding was a cash bar. Oh, yeah. So maybe I'm more upset about that than the mask uh, thing. But it definitely didn't help. <laughs> You're it was the, fun though. I'm not gonna lie. I had a lot of fun, but it was also like I spent sixty bucks. Hey, but did y'all did y'all dance? Yeah, but like I had my what? mask on the whole did time. You? Yeah, I mean, unless I was like Damn. actively drinking or eating, I would like. Yeah. And when I would go talk to Kelsey's nana, I would like kind of sit next to her and just yell through my mask. Right, right. I but I mean, I'm, I think I think it's maybe it's just different because I'm used to it because I wear one all night at work. Oh, you gotta wear one inside. I, I, I mean, I mean, at work at I, the hospital. I, yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. Unless okay. like, I mean, unless you're in the in the break room or something like that, you don't have to. But when yeah, even too, a- like a lot of the nurses don't bother wearing them unless they're in a patient's room. But I wear okay. mine because I feel like it's the right thing to do. I don't know. Because I could yeah. have it and I work like some of the nurses I work with are old. I've talked about this before. Yeah. 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 Well, and it sucks because wearing a mask doesn't actually protect you, really. Yeah. It protects you from it protects other people from you. Right. Right. So, like, if you have it, so it sucks. Like, you go to that wedding and you wear a mask, but like, that's not protecting you. And since no one's wearing it, it's right. kind of pointless to wear a mask. But I went to this AGB over here in Katy, Texas. Just I right just, now. I think I just, you know, if there are pictures of this wedding and like. I think it'd be a fun experiment to Photoshop out the people that got sick or the people that died. And then it's just like, oh, there's one person wearing a mask. She's doing the right. I just want to know after I die from this horrible disease that people know I did the right thing. Photoshop out. What are you, Stalin? (laughs) Take it easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this H-E-B, everybody had on a mask in there, right? I mean, you got to. Over here in Katy and... Social distancing won, won the thing, man. It, but it was packed, though. So, I mean, I guess people were doing their best. No one was bumping into anybody, but it was a lot of times less than six feet. But I guess the mask, <coughs> excuse me, it's a COVID cough, makes people feel a little bit, uh, well, it gives you more confidence. Like, okay, well, I'm doing my part. Everybody else is doing their part. So uh, let's, let's, let's do what we got to do in here and get out. Yeah. I mean, if that's the way I felt. If somebody gets it, if somebody from that wedding ends up having it, it's not from me. Yeah. So I also, I have this really dumb thing that I know is dumb, but like strangers, if I'm in a supermarket and I don't know someone, that person can give me COVID. But like my family did have like a 4th of July thing. That wasn't a lot of people, but there was like 10 people there, but they were all people I was related to. And for some reason I'm like, Oh, you can't get COVID from people that you love. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my mom's theory. I think that's a lot of people's theory, but that's definitely my mom's theory. She's like, I'm just gonna go see your your cousins and your sister in Houston. Yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. that's not. It doesn't. It, that's not how any of this works. There's this one place I passed by, and uh, some of the guys from work have gone here the past days off. It's called Bombshells, and I guess it's like a Twin Peaks or something. But every day of the week. You pass by. It's right over here off I-10 by Katy, Texas. That place is just packed. It's. I think I'm going there next time on my next day. Uh, Bombshells. Oh. So it's, it's like it's. I don't know if it's 50 percent capacity. I guess it is, but 
it's a I don't know, man. That that, that maybe that fifty percent fluctuates because that place is busy. There's even water parks open here too. Yeah, the the Twin Peaks is the parking lot is like always full. I don't think people That's are cool. really, uh, you know, nobody really cares. I think yeah. it's the general gist of what's going on here. But what else? Well, what we else? all do dumb shit when we're drunk. So it's like. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's the main problem with the bars being open is that people are – these are not people who make responsible decisions. Yeah, especially in that state. So you so the past two weeks, Lena, you, just, you went to a wedding. I went to the wedding. Work. Uh, yeah, I went to work. I did uh, I did acid for the first oh, time. Hey, hey, check that out. So that was, a, that was an experience. Um, it was kind of a lot. Derek gave it to me for my birthday because he's a nice boy. Hold uh, on. You, when was your birthday? I missed it. The twelfth. Damn, last my bad. Sunday. It's okay. God, it's okay. You I can not... send me some money later. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell Derek to give you some acid. <laughs> Questions about acid? Does it, I think of acid like as a fun dip, you know, with the stick, and then like the how does it come and how much is? It? It's on a piece of paper. Uh, he said it's ten dollars a hit, but he gave it to me for free. Okay, so what do you mean on a piece of paper? What does it's it like, look? It, it look like? I mean, it just looks like a piece of white cardstock with like lines on and, it that tells you how many hits are on the sheet that you get. And that, I mean, it doesn't look like anything. And then you like lick it. Uh, I just stuck it under my tongue and left it there for like, I okay. don't know, maybe 30 minutes or so. What did it taste like? Nothing really. I mean, there was one point where like, and I don't know if it was just like the flavor of the paper. It was like a little bitter and acidic, but it was like, it was like barely, it was barely perceptible. Or I was already starting to lose my sense of taste because I have COVID. It doesn't really, uh, it doesn't have a discernible flavor. It just tastes like paper, like nothing. So what did it do? Well, I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of anxiety about it just because like, like when you smoke weed, when you start smoking is when you start getting high. When you drink, when you start drinking is when you start getting drunk. But with acid, it's like you have to wait. And then the whole time I'm waiting, I'm thinking like, I don't know how much this is going to be. I don't know how severe this, like, I don't know how high I can possibly get. And I was, I was concerned um, because, you know, my anxiety never stops. But yeah, it was kind of a lot for like, for like uh, maybe 30 to 45 minutes. I was just kind of like extra giggly. And then there was a point for like a good 30 minutes where like after that, that I was just like very overwhelmed and my body just felt really tired. Um, so I just kind of had like, we went outside and I just kind of like, laid down and looked at the stars for a while, watched them jump around and... On the grass? Uh, on the concrete. <laughs> that is uncomfortable. And it well, was we, just we you put towels down. Yeah. I might, I might cut this part out because I don't want to get fired. Um, but I, I don't... <laughs> I still want to talk I, about it. I really want to do psychedelics, but I'm scared to do them. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Because... We've all heard about, like, someone who had a bad trip or something. Right. Never came back. Well, and I had like a I had like a mixed experience. Like there were a lot of parts of it that were really lovely. And I feel like because like me and Kelsey, before we did it, I set like we set intentions um, because I am an over preparer. So I was like, these sure. are the things like, what do you want to get out of this experience? What are our intentions going in? That way we have like a clear mindset and we're not just like doing this because you know does kelsey ever tell you to shut up <laughs> like hey shut up let's just pop that no pop that paper let's go <laughs> no side note i do have another story about how kind of unbearable i am but okay so I'm... so so it sounds kind of 
like I, I don't know, peaceful. Yeah, there were there was a lot of parts of it that were. Um, I mean, it's a lot of. I think it also too depends on what you do. So like, I have this paper lamp that I've had since college. So I was uh-huh. like, well, let's just get that out and let's paint on it. You know, if we feel like it. So we had that. We were kind of watching Bob's Burgers, kind of adjacently, and then. Uh-huh. Um, we just talked through a lot of it and there were a lot of moments where like, like I don't think I got what I originally, like I don't think I got out of it what I originally intended to, but I got something from it that was unexpected and I think it's something that I needed. Like like we talked a lot about um, me being able to let go. Let go of what? Like let go of, of this need for control that I have over everything and this need for like, uh, like let go of like my... Um, self-consciousness and my self-doubt as as it um pertains to like the art that i create Mm -hmm. because i don't make i don't make visual art because i don't think it's any good and i don't think people will like it but that's not like and and a lot of times like with with comedy and then too like um i'm only a comedian because it's harder to be a songwriter and i would rather be a songwriter (laughs) so i kind of like that i think this whole like what i got out of it mostly was just like i need to learn to let go like to let go of this this inhibition that i have about making art and to let go of this false sense of control that i have over things and to just you know just let things be because there's not a whole lot i can do like as, as far do you as, do any art that you like? Just know you suck at. Um, I mean, I'm not really good at the guitar. I'm okay, but I'm not like great, and I don't practice very often. Okay, so, but I mean, so I, I started writing. It. I started writing poetry again because I enjoy it, and I don't share it with anybody because I, I mean, I know enough about poetry to know when something sucks, mm-hmm. and I can write a poem and be like, "Man, this sucks," but. It's nice that it doesn't matter because, like, comedy to me, I've been doing it for, I think, seven years now, and my comedy has to be good, and I love it, but, like, knowing, like, this needs to be good kind of takes a little bit of joy out of it. Right. You know, kind of. Exactly. And so, like, being being able to do some kind of art where I'm, like, I kind of know this sucks, but it doesn't matter that it sucks. Like, I can just fucking do it. Yeah. And I think that's, like, I don't know, like... I like my songwriting. I think it's good, obviously, but like, and like sometimes I'll share it with people, but it's like I don't share it. Like I've shared some songs with Kelsey, and I've shared like two or three songs with maybe a handful of other people. Like literally, maybe two or three other people, but it's like it's still like super private to me. But it's something that I do that that makes me happy, and it helps me get things out in a different way. Yeah, I think you had that song. You played that song one time, "Lesbian Seagull." Oh, was that the cartoon Daria? Never mind. <laughs> I actually wrote that for the cartoon Daria, so you're still right. <laughs> hey, well, let me segue into this, Corey. We're talking about comedy, and you've been doing that for seven years. And we've we've heard other people have been on the podcast, whether it's uh, Durbin and um, uh, um, Caleb, and and even some, I don't know, Sakura has been on, but I've heard I haven't heard your origin story of Laugh Up City. Can you give us a quick synopsis of what went down, how it happened, what what, what caused it? Sure. I'll I'll try to be kind of quick. Basically, I went through a really bad breakup and didn't have any friends in Lubbock. 
And <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I don't know why that's funny to me. I'm so going. No, it's fine. <laughs> but so that's sad and funny. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, somehow during this breakup, my ex girlfriend's best friend's boyfriend mm-hmm. was like, "I like that guy. So I'm going to start hanging out with him." And that was oh, no, that guy's yeah, that guy's named Joe Gardner. Uh-huh. And we started hanging out, and we just kind of, like, wrote some funny sketches and stuff. And then he was like, I want to start a stand-up. Like, I want to do stand-up. Yeah. And so he basically peer pressured me into it. I didn't want to do stand-up, but he was like, if I can get a bar to agree to let us do stand-up, will you do... And this is what's insane. My first time on stage, I think I did, like, almost 15 minutes. Like, we all mm. did, like, 15 minutes, which is bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, your first time, that's crazy. Yeah, but so I went on stage my first time thinking, like, I'll do this because I told Joe I would do this. And I wrote 15 minutes of material. And it, honestly, looking back, it all sucked. <laughs> uh, too, who, is Joe still doing comedy? And where was the – what bar? Uh, our first time performing was at Jake's on 50th, oh, okay. and, Slide. 50th and Slide. Yeah. yeah. So you, uh, never, you never, like, had this idea that you were going to become a comedian? It was just kind of an, something like an accident. Yeah, so I didn't want to do comedy. Like, basically, Joe was my friend who helped me through a lot of shit. And I got the vibe that Joe wanted to do comedy but wouldn't do it if I didn't. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'll go up one time because Joe wants me to. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I'll come and watch and I'll support the other comics and stuff. But so I went up that one time and it was like... It really was like a drug. Like, I got off stage, and not only was I like, I'm going to keep doing comedy, I was like, oh, I've got to move somewhere. Like, I can't be in Lubbock, because i got to move somewhere I can do this a lot. No shit. <clears throat> does does Joe then, we, still do comedy? Uh, Kind of. So, Joe, so we had, like, a whole little group when we started. Uh, Caleb and Durbin actually came in a little bit later, but when we first started, it was mostly people at Tech. And we all separated. Like, I moved to Chicago. Uh, A guy named John Norman moved to Chicago. Joe, Jared, and Zach all moved to Houston. And Joe kept doing stand-up in Houston, but he eventually wanted to move to Chicago, so he came to Chicago and moved in with me. (laughs) But just changing cities is really tough, especially if you've been doing it a little while. Like, when I first moved to Chicago, I'd been doing it a year and a half, about... So it wasn't that hard because when did I get cut off? Uh, <laughs> you were talking about your friend moving. It's hard moving is what you're saying. Oh, I was just saying like, it's hard to go from like being respected in the scene. Like he built up a reputation. in Houston. He could get on shows. People liked him. And then you move to another city and just no one gives a shit about you. <laughs> so he moved to Chicago with the idea he was going to do stand up, but he just never really did. Like, yeah. At that point, I ran a pretty successful show in Chicago that was re- well-respected. And I, like, thought... I told him... I put him on the show because I knew he was funny, and I thought maybe, like, being on a show would kind of make him do it again. Yeah. And he he did the show, and he did extremely, extremely well, and then just never did it again. It's hard to hit open mics and yeah. sit through, like... Chicago, right. you're sometimes sitting through 30 comics, so you can go up and do four minutes where no one's going to pay attention to you. <laughs> and it's hard to do that when you know you're funny and could be doing shows. 
but that's one of the things that makes Lubbock unique that, that people keep on talking about. But Corey, go, going back to Chicago, what is what made you move to Chicago in the first place? You got family there, or was it the comedy thing that drove you there? No, it was just the comedy thing. So at first, so I, I really got off stage my first time. And it was like, I have to move. Once I graduate uh-huh. college, I'm going to move. And my original thought was Austin, because Austin's a good stand-up city. Uh-huh. Uh, but no one from my family had ever lived outside of Texas, as far okay. as I can remember. And so I was like, you know what? If I move to Austin, it's really easy to be there for a year and then move back. And yeah. so I was just like, I really want to push myself out there. I, I really was At a least big for fan two of, or three more years. <laughs> Give me a yeah. year. I'll come back home eventually. <laughs> but I, I was a big fan of Pete Holmes and John Mulaney. And there's a whole little group oh, of yeah. people who started in Chicago. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I'm going to do that. And and I moved there, and I fell in love with the city. I loved it. I just, uh, I miss Texas a lot. What did you, what, did you get the job first as a teacher? Or did you decide, this is where I'm going? Yeah, and- was, did, did teaching predate comedy, or which one came first? They almost happened at the same time, as far as, like, just discovering them. Like, I started student teaching the same year I started doing comedy. Mm. Uh but when I moved to Chicago, I did not have a job. So nice. I just moved to Chicago. I was getting paid through the summer, and I was like, I'll get a job. But Damn. Yeah, well, teachers actually went on strike, so I didn't get a job in Chicago because I thought like I'd have one in a week or two. Yeah, I ended up going like two and a half months, and then I got my last paycheck from Texas, and I really was kind of like, well, you're going to be fucked if you don't do something. Yeah. And so I, I applied for Target, and I was like, well, I'll work at Target until I figure something out. And the day after I applied for Target, I got a call from a school and got hired that day. Okay. And the school, did you did you have to commute to the school, or did you get a, a place that was within the vicinity? No, because I didn't know where I was going to work, so I had uh-huh. to commute. So How, how long was that? Uh, in the morning, I, I, I left really early. I usually get to work an hour early just yeah. to be safe. Yeah. So the traffic hadn't picked up, so it'd take like 25 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. But on my way back, it could be like, it was anywhere between 45 minutes and an hour. That's stupid, man. I hate traffic. That's uh, dealing with this Houston traffic right now. And it's, it, and even though the COVID thing has slowed everything down, slowed a lot down, it's still, it still gets hairy in spots, man. I don't, I don't like it at all. I miss Lubbock. Yeah, Houston traffic. I, I was only in Houston like nine months. Uh-huh. Uh, I, because I signed a one-year lease, but I left three months early because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Houston traffic something different. Because Chicago has traffic, but Chicago has good public transportation. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, so Houston yeah. traffic is so much worse than Chicago traffic. Did, did the school district you were in was it was it a was it a pretty good school district? Was it with at-risk students? Was it? Was He's it, asking what, what if it was of, black. I'm asking, was it in the hood or not? Was it in the south side? No, I was on west side of Chicago, which is considered uh, a little sketchy. I mean, like, yeah. people weren't getting shot outside of my school, but... Oh, damn. It's also, I mean, Chicago's weird to where, like... You got John, to, I was going to say, you got the John Hughes Chicago, and then you got you got the, the, the common rapper Chicago. Yeah, well... Is and it's common like, from Chicago? So I, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of rappers from Chicago. But, I mean, 
there's some neighborhoods in Chicago, like Lakeview is the big neighborhood that's super white. Uh-huh. And most people who live in Lakeview think the rest of Chicago is scary. There's like, they have like a list of five neighborhoods they can go into. <laughs> They're and both. it's like, they were doing the Volvo before <laughs> COVID. <laughs> yeah, and so like they're like, well, you never go south of here, and uh, but most of Chicago is nice. I I do know that there are some neighborhoods that like, if you get in a taxi and you go, I want to go here, they'll be like, I won't take you. Damn. But that, that's crazy. Were did you, you ever? Did this? you ever feel like uncomfortable? No. So honestly, I tell people this all the time. There were two times, and the. The first time I ever was scared uh, in Chicago was when the Cubs made the World Series. And I was in Wrigleyville, which is probably the whitest neighborhood in Chicago. But just everyone was drunk, and I think I was wearing the wrong sports team color. <laughs> and like I was like, oh, my God, Like I'm going to get fucking punched out by a frat guy. Uh, that was the scariest time. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> and then, well, and then I, I moved to Uptown after my first year because I – I, I, you know, the first year I paid way too much for an apartment because I was like, well, all of Chicago is scary. And then I learned like, oh, there's so many cheap places I can live where it's pretty <laughs> safe. So I moved uptown. I lived there for two years uh, and it was pretty safe. There's homeless people. But then like my all my teacher friends lived in Lakeview and I kept telling them like, y'all got to come over. Uptown's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And I finally threw a party for my friend's birthday at my apartment in Uptown. Yeah, and all my friends were kind of scared of uptown, but it was fine. But the day I threw that party, someone got shot in front of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be laughing. But <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> what did your friends say? My friends, like, honestly, I was surprised that they like they did like mention it, but it didn't seem to shake them that much. No. Like, because I had to let them in through a side thing because they were like, there was like police tape and shit. So I had to let them in through the side door. And I and I just told them, I was like, this has never happened. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or at least twice in one day. I swear. I swear. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's really was the pitch I was giving to them. I was like, okay, think of it this way. I've lived here for two years. There's only been one shooting. What's the likelihood that the second one happens in the same day? Did you live in a building or flat? I imagine like when people move to big cities, they're living in a flat or in tenements or in, in, in something like you see in those movies and stuff. Was it just a you regular You mean like house? an apartment? Yes, Leah. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Did you live in a It tenements. was an apartment, but it, what it, kind of looked, <clears throat> it kind of looked like a giant house. I lived in what's called a garden unit. So technically, mm-hmm. I lived underground. Oh, okay. So like... My my floor for my apartment was about four feet lower than the floor outside, like the grass. Oh, so you had a little window you could see outside. Yeah, and you would like see people's feet and shit. Like, oh man, that's a fetish right there. I like it. <laughs> but I mean, living in a garden unit, you pay a lot less because you nobody don't wants get as to much live sun there. and shit. Yeah, exactly. Is it cooler down there? Gotcha. Yeah, it stays pretty cold, but I mean, you don't need like Chicago summers aren't bad at all. So this is when we find out uh, Corey is secretly Chicago's Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, not Chicago, bad. Like, no garlic, please. <laughs> but yeah, I I enjoyed it. I paid like I probably paid like two hundred dollars less in rent because I lived oh wow underneath the ground. 
but I had big windows. I got some light and shit. It, it didn't bother me at all. How was the how was the food scene over there? Did you become a foodie with I imagine there's a lot to eat over there, man. A lot to yeah. take in. Yeah, Chicago uh so I'm used to be a picky eater and Chicago made me a lot less picky. Like my favorite restaurant in Chicago was Ethiopian food. Oh yeah, what's that like? Like what, coffee? Beans? No, no it was like it looks a lot like uh the texture and kind of spice of Indian food. Uh-huh. Uh, but they they serve this thing, and I forget what it's called, but it looks like a giant pancake, and it's and that's how you eat the food. So you rip yeah, off a piece of this bread. Because you don't use utensils. Yeah. So you don't have forks or anything. You rip off a piece of this bread, and you, like, dip it in, like, a soupy type, type substance, grab some meat, and you just eat it like that, but it's delicious. And is there an Ethiopian neighborhood over there, or just a restaurant? So Uptown was kind of an Ethiopian neighborhood. Like, oh, okay. It was it was definitely mixed, but there is like a strong Ethiopian presence over there. So there were several Ethiopian restaurants, uh, and then there was one that the one that I liked was a Michelin star restaurant, which I didn't even know what that oh, meant. Fancy. <laughs> it's all expensive. It, so it wasn't like it was more expensive than I'd usually pay, but it was like fifteen dollars a plate if you didn't mm, get anything okay. to drink. So you would sneak water bottles in. Oh damn! He left again. Oh, there he goes. Oh, there he is. Okay. I think hey. I figured it out. When I touch the side of my ear, I, I've never used my AirPods to talk. And when you touch them, it hangs up. So. Oh, <laughs> you're trying to push I thought you in. were okay. using your computer. No, uh, I didn't realize I was going to be able to use my computer. I, I, I did not think this through. I should have oh. used my computer. Well, you said you wanted to use your podcast mic. So that's why we were doing Facebook call as opposed to just like a regular call. Okay, so I think that was just bad. Uh, I don't think I uh, communicated very well. That's all right. I mean, it doesn't. It's not super important. I'm just confused. Yeah. Well, I. Bottom line, I messed up. <laughs> hey, hey, Corey, going back to these restaurants, man. Whenever you go in, do you go in there and sit sit on the floor, cross legged, or do you? Are there chairs? What is? It? No, it was normal chairs, like a normal dining experience. Uh, it was just like this crowded little restaurant. Uh, they had a bar and everything, but it was probably about, I mean, it was a small restaurant, and so they would crowd people in there. But, I mean, you sat on chairs like normal. Was it a dive? Not the Michelin, but the other one. Oh, yeah. No, there. so I was talking about the Michelin. The other ones, I mean, I, I never saw anywhere you sat on the floor. But, oh, yeah, okay. they were very divey looking. Like, I mean, there were a lot of Ethiopian uh, restaurants like basically in a strip mall so oh, okay, okay okay you would have you would have like a cell phone store a tattoo parlor and an ethiopian food restaurant yeah that makes me want to try ethiopian food and the only thing i like from ethiopia is coffee their food is really good uh i i had to get talked into it yeah. by my roommate because i was like i don't like ethiopian food he's like have you ever had Ethiopian food? <laughs> and I was like, no, but I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> so he like uh, he like gayed your way into it. Like you know, people always say to like gay people, they're like, uh, have you ever had sex with the with the person of the opposite sex? It's like no, and I don't need to try it to like it. That's not how this works. <laughs> I like that argument. I have not heard that argument before, but just it's a great argument because with lesbians, people are always like going like, maybe she hasn't had the right dick. Oh, yeah, yeah, you always hear that. 
Yeah. So I like flipping that on the head with straight guys and being like, maybe you just haven't had the right dick. <laughs> maybe <laughs> nobody. Maybe nobody's ever eaten your ass right. <laughs> Touche. To be fair, eating ass can be a straight thing. It's just uh, we we were slow to the game. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, that's the thing. You know, gay people have more experience. They're going to just obviously be better at it. Just, you know. That's very true. I dated a girl once who uh, was in a lesbian relationship. I I, I don't know the correct term because she was bi, but she was in a relationship with a woman before me. And I was like, there's no way, like, there's no way I can go down on you better than she did. Like, there's just we could spend the rest of our lives together and I will never reach her level of what she could do to you. <laughs> hey man, let me, uh, going back to the school thing, bro. Um, you said you were pretty good at school there, but do you ever have a kid try to fight you? Uh, I haven't, I've never had a kid swing on me, but like there was a lot of like bowing up. No so shit. I, so I taught, but I mean, the thing is I taught 12 year olds. So, like, I was never oh. afraid. So you're at least a little bit, because you're not, like, a really tall <laughs> person. But you're at least <laughs> bigger than them, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the big reason I don't want to teach high school. Is that an, is that's not like, insulting, is it? <laughs> no. You should have finished it. You're at least a little bit bigger than them. <laughs> Finish the sentence. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right. Well, because I'm trying to think, right. like, I remember meeting you, and you weren't, like, yeah. super tall. No, no, I'm not. And that's, I mean, honestly. But I'm also, like, I'm also a small person. If I was any bigger, I probably wouldn't be physically afraid of you. <laughs> that's insulting. <laughs> that, yeah, that does insult a deep, like, part of my masculinity. But, <laughs> but I mean, it is something that, like, I mean, it's hard to admit this with my masculinity. But there are high school students who can whoop my ass. Oh, yeah. 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 And so it's nice teaching middle school because I've never. Because you can assert your physical dominance. Well, it's like if a kid does like, I mean, I've seen kids fight teachers. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it like happens. Usually, I would say every time I've seen it happen, it's the teacher's fault. Uh, (laughs) Like, I mean, not like they like threw the first punch, but it's like. They didn't de-escalate gotta, the situation. Yeah, I mean, these are kids. They, they're they not working with the full part of their brain. Like, 12-year-olds' brains aren't going to be fully developed for another 13 years. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, if a grown man, like, calls me a motherfucker or a bitch, like, maybe I'm going to, like, get mad and, like, talk back to him. When a 12-year-old does it, you have to go, like, oh, that's a child who's acting out. And mm-hmm. so... We did this thing. We did this thing. And whenever I was in middle school, there was this one room we had. It was dark. They didn't have light. They didn't have windows in there. And people get on there, turn off the light, and then we start throwing books at each other. <laughs> it's stupid, man. It was a science class, and you know that that, that there's that putty or there's that mold or that clay that you use for something. Someone threw it at the teacher's head one time when the lights went off. That it wasn't me though. <laughs> That's so stupid, man. That was junior high stuff. So how old were we? Thirteen? Fourteen? Yeah, man. And you're going to teach at Lubbock? <laughs> you ready for those kids? Is, um, is teaching in, in... Did you ever teach in Houston? Yeah, I taught in the third ward in Houston. Dang. Oh, that's where Beyonce is from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big big Beyonce area. <laughs> uh, it was also awesome because there was a Houston comic and his name's slipping my mind right now. Uh, but he grew up in the third ward. And when I started teaching there, he got a job at the Daily Show. 
So it was really cool to show my kids like, hey, look, here's a guy who grew up in your neighborhood who got a job writing for TV. And then I could be like, so writing's important. Listen to me. <laughs> I was like, you can't be Beyonce, but maybe you can be that guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Shoot for the moon, land amongst the stars. They're in war. Uh, is, was, uh, did I? Okay. Uh, y'all are still here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought I'd touch my AirPods wrong. Um, my school was, uh, rough school is so tough, like answering, because like, yeah, a lot of people who would go in and see my students, uh, and especially if you go in and you don't know how to control a classroom, yeah, it would be easy to look at them and say like, yeah, that's a rough school. Like those are rough kids. But it's like, I, I did a mentoring program where we like stayed after school and played basketball and it were and, like, all these kids that people would be like, oh, those are the rough kids. Those are the tough kids. Like, those are the kids that would just come up and just be, like, it sounds weird, but, like, I had kids who were, like, getting in fights all the time and shit, and they'd have a bad day, and they would come up and be like, Mr. Wood, I need a hug. And, oh, like, okay. Well, that's the I thing. Mean, it's, like, they're still just kids. Like, even if they do things that you think are, like, violent or aggressive, it's, like, they're just children. They just yeah, don't know tw- yet they're 12 year olds who want to be loved and and i mean this is like a really sad thing but it's also just like they've been treated badly by teachers i'm not saying all teachers yeah but like you know it's just like they come in and this kid has adhd and honestly if he was a white kid with adhd we would maybe think he was quirky but it's a black kid with adhd so he's disruptive and doesn't give a shit about school and then that teaches him that he's disruptive and doesn't give a shit about school. And right. then he fulfills his own prophecy. So these right. are kids who, for like eight years since they've been in school, have been taught like, hey, you suck at school and you're a bad student. And that's how they're going to act if you treat them like that. And so exactly. it really sucked because, and I mean, I'm not acting like it was all sunshine and rainbows. Like I had to break up a lot of fights as like, like in my mentoring. I mean, I, I mean, I've had kids call me a bitch who... I love those kids, but it's just yeah. like, there's going to be some problems, but they were really good kids. Yeah. And so it's, it's tough answering like, was it a rough school? Cause I think most people, if they stepped in and spent <clears throat> 30 minutes in there, they'd say yes. Yeah. But I mean, I, I could get into a whole thing, but like education's really fucked in America. Mm-hmm. And especially when you look at like how racism affects america and because well, the schools are underfunded yeah and so like that's the neighborhoods the are underfunded like yeah and that, it, it just becomes a cycle to where it's the yeah. school's underfunded because it's in this bad neighborhood so they're not getting those property taxes uh and on top of that part of your funding comes from how well you do on a test mm-hmm. but if your school's underfunded you're not going to do well on the test which means you're going to get even more money taken away from you which means your school is going to do even worse next year, which means more money is going to get taken away from you. And then you're in this cycle that's hard to break where you basically like, no one will say it, but they've given up on those kids. Um, it's just, I, I know this is a comedy podcast now. No, 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 <laughs> no, that's, it's interesting stuff. We want to tell real question. stories. I think that's important. But so, yeah, I, I always have a tough time answering because, yeah, the third ward of Houston is considered a rough area. Yeah. Uh, west, the west side of Chicago where I taught was considered a rough area. But, like, 
I don't think kids are bad people. Like, I, I think yeah. that's why I like teaching is because I think at 12 years old, you can't be a bad person. Yeah, was yeah, it, um, was the, like, was the general, like, state education system different from when you taught in Chicago? Like, was there a different culture, a different approach or anything? Or is it pretty much, like, standard all the way across? So I, I can't really talk about Chicago public schools because they were on strike, like I said, and I got hired at a charter school in Chicago. Oh, okay. So I got, and I had, I can complain about anything. So I had some complaints about <laughs> that school. Uh, but overall, I think they had the right approach. Like they were very much like, you know, they they really weren't like, okay, kids cussed at you, so you're going to put them in detention. They, they wanted to build relationships and, uh, and give a way for the kids to like improve instead of just kind of like cutting it off. I, I really liked that school. Uh, they had some things I disagreed with, and I'm sure any school I ever teach at will. But I can only speak to them. I've heard CPS is rough. I knew some CPS teachers, and it is like let's suspend them, let's expel them. You know, let's just get them out of here. There's no. I mean, those kids are having the worst time out of everybody. They need the most help, and you're just going to, I mean, just give up on them. Did you use your humor to get through those kids? Yeah, did so Chicago, uh, my kids knew I did stand-up. Uh-huh. Because that's the other thing, is that school I taught at was pretty liberal. Okay. So not only did they not mind that I did stand-up, they thought it was cool, and they're like, you should talk to the kids about that. Yeah. And so... But, like, I wasn't up there. I've had comedians tell me, like, oh, like, you teach for eight hours a day. Like, that's a good time to run bits. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't get in front of kids and, like, I'm supposed to teach them about commas. But instead, I'm like, don't dicks look funny? Like, I can't do that. <laughs> uh, but not taking things seriously. So not taking kids seriously. Uh, knowing how to roast kids really helped. Like, mm. for some reason... Uh, you got to be careful. You get well, that's to know how, kids, that's but... how the like social hierarchy works. Whenever you're, I mean, especially in junior high. Mm-hmm. Well, and like a, a light roast. I've always been like this, but for a lot of people, like making fun of someone like lightly, not being like not trying to be mean, but being like you're short, something dumb. Like that's that's a connection. That's thing offensive for a lot yeah. of people. <laughs> <laughs> a light roast. What are we talking about? Ethiopian coffee again? But yeah, yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> it shows that with these kids that oh yeah, hey, uh, my teacher's he's just a person, man. He's 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 yeah. It normal. makes you more relatable, more approachable. Yes, yes, yeah. And they and they know they can roast me too. It'd be real fucked up if like you could not make a joke about me and I made jokes about them. <laughs> <laughs> They're like Corey, uh, Mister. I don't understand. Yeah, your mom doesn't love you either. Next. <laughs> I saw this one. I saw this one show where it's uh, this guy was. He's a comedian now. He was a school teacher. I can't remember what school. I think it was Chicago as well, man. Anyways, he says that he was walking up on these two girls that were gonna fight, and one of them's uh, let's say the guy's name is Mister. Oh, Dave like, Hellum. Dave Hellum. Is that where he says with your? With yeah, he's your a Mr. black guy with yeah, like a beard? big glasses. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> you saw that bit? Did you see that uh, bit? So I know Dave a little bit. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, he, he's a very, very funny comic. He's in L.A. now. But, yeah, that bit was written when he was in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. People making fun of each The kids making fun of each other. 
using him as the as the insult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that he was he was crying when his dad when his dad died or his dad was gonna die. The kid telling yeah shut the fuck up. Mr. So and so's dad's dead or he can't find his dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave Hellum is I, I don't want to just make this uh advertisement. I don't know the guy that well, but he is hilarious and he would do there are two uh, other comics in Chicago, there are more, but there were two very successful comics in Chicago who were teachers, Dave Hellum, and then the other comic was Mr. T's daughter. Oh, no <laughs> shit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, her comedy, no. but I know she does comedy. I remember saying yeah. something about that. Her name's Erica Nicole Clark, and she is also hilarious. Uh, and both of them, like, almost ruined comedy for me, because I was like, oh, they're just better at teacher comedy than I am. <laughs> <laughs> she was a teacher too, huh? Uh, I think she taught for a couple of years, then she subbed. I'm pretty sure she makes all her money doing comedy now. Same with Dave. Yeah, yeah. So that's not. Go so ahead. Do you feel like, um, like teaching helps you in comedy, and comedy helps you in teaching? Because I feel like part of comedy is like you know, obviously reading the room and being able to direct people's attention and direct people's responses. Is that? Does that play into how like how you teach? Uh, I definitely think uh, comedy helps teaching because, like, yeah, I can read a room. I'm pretty mm. good at that. Uh, I think if you do comedy long enough, you get very comfortable in silence. And so, <laughs> I don't know about like, that. <laughs> I, I was like, I was really good at like I could ask a question, and some teachers will ask a question that doesn't get answered, and they'll answer it themselves. I'd just sit there and I'd be like, guys, I can sit in the silence. All day. <laughs> uh, you don't scare me. <laughs> I kind of think there are definitely things teaching helped with comedy, but it also hurt because eight hours a day, I'm in a position to where I'm talking. And if I don't want someone else talking and they start talking, all I'm like, all I really have to say is I'm talking right now. You quit talking mm -hmm. as a teacher. And that doesn't work. Like if there's a heckler, I've had time for kind of instinctually. I've been like, I'm talking right now. You're not allowed to talk. And that's not the best way to handle a heckler. <laughs> <laughs> so the, whenever you don't really get upset with students, it doesn't seem like you're the kind that'll, that'll flip out on students. You take it in stride because of the whole, well, being on stage and, 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 and dealing with people like that, hecklers and stuff. Do you? That's uh, what you come I across to me. Well, so I, I don't know why it is, but I know I had a moment when I was student teaching and I saw a grown man yelling at a 12-year-old. Uh -huh. And I told myself, I was like, I'm never going to yell at a 12-year-old. Like, yeah. but, and it's hard to explain because I have yelled in class, but I've never yelled at someone or in anger. Like, if the class gets real loud, there's a time where, like, we were having a... a we, I didn't know if it was like a lockdown drill or if it was a lockdown because no one told me we were having the drill. Mm -hmm. And like the kids were still chatting and we were hiding in our rooms. And like I'm a nervous person. So like I was like, this might be someone's in the school with a gun. Yeah. And like, so like at that point, like, you know, I like raised, I, I didn't yell at a certain kid, but I was just like, y'all really need to get quiet. Like really raised my voice. But like, yeah, I don't yell at kids. Um, I, I can get upset with kids. Yeah. But usually, uh, my kids actually know, like, I deal with being angry with deep breathing. Shit. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Um, so. Hold on just a second. Fucking. 
Somebody in my na- my neighbors are having one of those goddamn birthday drive-bys. So my dogs are just in the kitchen. Hold on, I gotta put them outside. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> those drive-bys are so stupid. Dude, I, I see I see a lot of people um over here in Hobbs. I mean in Houston, they'll meet at little shopping centers. You just see them bunch up all the time. All the drive-bys like with yeah. signs that say happy birthday and yep. shit. I don't get yeah. that. I'd just be like, hey, take whatever you were going to spend on gas and bill. <laughs> like, uh, that, that's been a new thing I've really uh, gotten upset with is when someone's trying to be, I've had a lot of times where someone's trying to show appreciation or be nice, but somehow them trying to show appreciation or be nice has inconvenienced me, if that makes sense. Like, I, I don't want to have to, like, spend an hour sitting outside my house watching people drive by. <laughs> it's so fucking boring. But now you're doing this to be nice to me. But if I don't sit outside my house and just stare at fucking signs, <laughs> I'm an asshole because I'm not appreciative. But it's like, there's fucking Netflix inside. Like, this is boring. You're not going to make a sign that's so fucking good that it makes me laugh out loud. Like, How is this... Uh, I'm back. I'm sorry. You back something? Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 I, we're switching modes here. Real. Quick. I'm, I'm. I know we're talking about the whole teaching thing, but this just popped in my head right now. Uh, with with the whole COVID thing, it's it's really affected me in that not being a part, not being able to go out and 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 not even just doing comedy, but just the hang of being out there. Or or if I see my cousin or, or whoever else or, or friends here, where here in in, in Houston. There's certain dudes that come down here and they're okay with being by themselves. They're okay with not having anybody else on their day off. That shit is torturing me. How is the how has this whole COVID thing affected you as far as with with um, your friends or with with with, with being in, being in public meeting people get-togethers? Because it's fucking with me. So I'm an introvert, and it's still really fucking oh. with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably not as bad as you, but it is just rough because. I, I need to get with people. It's also like, I need to be around comics. I know that sounds pretentious, mm-hmm. well, but like I, comics, comics are these fucked up people where you can kind of say whatever you want. And I need that in my life. Like I've got my family who is wonderful and I love spending time with them. Yeah. I, I enjoy spending time with my family more than any other people in the world. But when I'm with my family, I can't be like, I, I can't just like say whatever the fuck I want. Like I can't be so with So I'm my working family. on this butthole joke. <laughs> exactly you can't be like i can't be with my mom and be like be like you know like when you get a hair in your asshole and it really itches and then you itch your asshole and there's a fucking hair on your finger like i, I need to be with comics yeah uh, i I think that's the thing that i that i like most about hanging out with comics it's like it's not that it's like a no judgment zone but it's like whatever i have to say is not worse than what you have to say <laughs> yeah and, the, and you know some of the stuff you say, where I'm like, ah, you're a dick. <laughs> but I'm saying it not that to be me. Yeah, like it's I'm a it's a very like, judgmental, no judgment said. zone. <laughs> yes, I'm like, damn, I wish I would have said that. Is what I'm thinking, man. <laughs> hey, what, what, I, what? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think what it is for me is when I'm not with comics. If I say something real fucked up, people's opinion is gonna be like, let's say I'm just coming up with something wild. If I'm with normal people and I'm like, you know, like I think you should be allowed to fuck dogs, (laughs) 
and no one likes it. Everyone is sitting there and thinking like Corey wants to fuck a dog. Fuck a dog. No, <laughs> but but if I'm with if I'm with comics and I say you know I think we should be allowed to fuck dogs, even if no one laughs, like they don't think Corey wants to fuck a dog. They think no. like oh that joke didn't work. Yeah, this is a weird bit, you know? but all right. <laughs> like, well, what kind of dog are you talking about? Chihuahua? Well, what size dog? <laughs> Right, right. I mean, <laughs> a puppy dog or like you know yeah, a on, geriatric dog. Puppies. Right. Even then, you got to make sure it's a. Is Wawa the dog so fixed? Are you going to come in the dog? Right. That's another good question. Are you going to use protection? Are you going Can to make the dog wear a ball gag? Right. That's made right. from or, a tennis ball. Right. Or, I mean, how big is the tennis ball? Is it a smaller one? Like. Small. I mean, is this a peanut butter a on the dick situation, or are you going to like light some candles and make it romantic? Right, that's what we go. That's we, you we know, it, as long as the dog is like into it. If the, if the dog comes, it's fine. You can make yeah. the dog come. Make the dog come it's... first. All right, be a gentleman yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, it's a dog's choice. Be dog's polite. <laughs> dog's body, dog's choice. Hey, dude. While we're on this comedy thing, real quick, is it? Sequoia's throwing the story out there about how you kind of punked him into not using the name Corey anymore. Can, did, did that happen? No. <laughs> he, says that, he, says, he says that he was using the name hot Corey. Hot take, hot take. And, and, that, and that you you were upset. Like, no, you, you can't be Corey because I'm Corey. There can only be one Corey in this thing. And that you, <laughs> and that you punked him into not using Corey anymore. So Socorro uh, pulled a Miguel? <laughs> so that one, I would be a psychopath if I did that. Like, what a dumb fucking. <laughs> there can so only be then? one. So I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I also do this too, where I you like get I drunk and turn into an asshole. Stories. <laughs> well, I, I over exaggerate stories and like will kind of lie, and I always say it's an emotional truth. Uh-huh. So I'm going to give him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. And I'm going to guess what his emotional truth was. Uh-huh. Was that he came to a comedy thing and there was a guy named Corey. And when he started doing comedy here, I was in charge of the scene. Like, right. it wasn't like, it wasn't like, a, I'm the best. It was like, I literally was in charge. Like, I'd be like, y'all have the coalition now. Uh-huh. But, but like, I was just making decisions. So I'm guessing what he did was came out saw that this dude who seemed important and I feel like an asshole for calling myself important. <laughs> no, you're but an I'm asshole for different what... reasons. <laughs> yeah, there's so many reasons I'm an asshole, but it's not my ego. I have no ego. <laughs> but I think he probably came out and was like, this guy's name is Corey. I'm going to go by Socorro. Because I didn't know his name was Corey until like three or four months after meeting him. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know his name was Corey either until my wife started calling him Corey. And I'm like, what white person are you talking about? We don't hang out with any Corys. Yeah, the the story that I've heard from him a couple times, I think it was two different podcasts, is he says that he's doing these shows and, and you go up to him and say, hey, no, man, I'm the only Corey here. You're going to have to change your name. You have to use another name. You punked him out of it. So he's like, all right, I'll go by support him. <laughs> it's emotional so I- truth. <laughs> so I will say that like there is a possibility so definitely when I first met him he went by Socorro I thought that was his name that uh, is his name so, yeah but so <laughs> I, I never knew he went by Corey until like three months after I met him you didn't yeah. know Corey was his preferred pronoun yes exactly <laughs> didn't know his preferred pronoun there is like a chance that like 
because there was a time where he went like, you know, I, I go by Corey. And there is a chance that I was like really drunk and trying to be funny and went like, well, you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I think probably the situation was because that sounds like that makes sense. That sounds like something I would do if I was just being drunk and being an asshole. (laughs) But yeah, but I I do want to, I want to hold my ground here and say he did not come in right away and was like, my name is Corey because. I definitely would never tell someone not to go by a name they wanted to go by. I would. <laughs> I could do it jokingly, but I wouldn't do it jokingly with someone I just met. Yeah. <laughs> so there might there right. might have been a time where like he was being serious and he was like, I think I'm gonna start going by Corey and I was drunk and not actually being an asshole, trying to be funny with like, No, I'm Corey. So <laughs> I like to think it went down like this, like Sakota walks in there, Hey, my name is Corey and you're like not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fuck it's uh, not. <laughs> That's a better story. <laughs> I was just out because it does sound like a dick move. Like, no, you can't go by that. No, I'm Corey. There's only one Corey. <laughs> that would just be so insane to be like, you're. <laughs> that would be kind of hilarious. It'd be like, That's some ballsy shit right there. I would respect you more. You can't share names. <laughs> yeah, then I would be physically afraid of you. Yes. Right yes. now, no. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, that's a good story. I like that. Good job, Sakura. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how much he. Believed. So I, when I was talking about emotional truths, like I will be someone who, like, let's say I go to a grocery store and mm. I accidentally bump into a guy, and then he looks at me. And, you know, like, there's, like, a way someone can look at you where you think, like, oh, I'm probably going to have to fight this guy even if yeah. I don't say anything. Right. And so, like, I've had times where, like, I've gone to a grocery store, I've bumped into a guy, he's looked at me weird, and everything in my body really thought I was about to fight him. Uh-huh. And then I'm trying to tell that story to someone later and, like, realize that it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, well, I bumped into this guy, he looked at me, and I got scared. And so, like... I will add something to make the emotional truth is what I call it. Make more sense where I'll be like, so I bumped into him and he said, watch the fuck out. (laughs) But I also can tell that story so many times that I believe it. Yeah. I get it. I hear it. I, well, no, I'm not calling you. I just, that's just what it makes me think of. Cause I like, I know we all kind of do that thing where we tell stories and it's not exactly true, but I like, I really like the phrase emotional truth. I'm really a a big fan. So do I. I'm a big fan. Yes. It's an awesome term. That's a term I use for comedy a lot. Cause my, my stories on comedy, most of my stories are like, I would say 80% actually true. Uh huh. But then it's just like, and it would be hilarious if this happened. So I just throw it in or I, I have a story about two people getting in a fight, like a politically correct fight. Right. Have you, have you heard that riddle where it's like a man and his, a man and his son get in a car crash. The dad dies. The son yes. goes to the hospital. The doctor. I, yeah. And I have a joke where like one lady says, well, like it's his mom because mom, because women can be doctors. Mm-hmm. And another lady goes, it could be his gay dad. And they yeah. get in a screaming match over that. And so that did happen without the screaming match. But they did get in, like, a heated argument. So, like, my idea is always, like, well, I can say they were yelling because the emotion of, like, disagreeing and getting mad at like each other is kind of true. Yeah. And it 
and it's funnier. Like it's much funnier that like a y- lady yells like doctors can be gay. Than yeah, that- <laughs> <laughs> it's twenty twenty. Oh, I forgot to say earlier. I don't know why I want to tell this story. Just because I think like it's funny to me. Kelsey was trying to speak Spanish uh-huh. uh, because I'm just like I'm politically correct, but I'm also grammatically correct mm. uh, because I just have to be correct because I'm an asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She was trying to speak Spanish and she said "cuanto es los flores," which is wrong in very many ways mm-hmm. because it's a plural <laughs> subject. And flores is a feminine noun. So I was like, okay, first of all, it's cuanto son or cuanto cuestan because it's a plural subject. Second of all, it's las flores, not los flores, because flores is a feminine noun, even though we know gender is a construct. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I, ty- I typed that whole thing, like, because this is the thought process that went through my head. It's like, I have to correct her Spanish, but then I also have to correct my own. Uh, grammatical correctness that I'm trying to correct. I did that and I was like, when did I turn into this person? Well, and it's just like, like, I I definitely get like gender with humans, but it's like, if we just gendered a chair, I don't think the chair gives a shit. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Well, that's, I... But it's like, it's also like Spanish has feminine and masculine. That's just the way the language works, even though it's not real. That's true. Did we see what coin? Oh, I was going to say, like, did you, there was something, and I never know if it's real or if it's people trying to make it seem like, because sometimes people will post a ridiculous thing just to discredit someone else. Like, there was a, we should make Santa transgendered, like, push. Mm -hmm. And, like, they figured out, like, that push actually came from an alt-right group. And the reason they did it is to make people who are, like, transgendered rights people seem crazy. So, I... (laughs) I will say that, like, I don't know if this actually came from, like, people who meant it or who, people who were trying to make someone sound crazy. But I saw, like, a post that was like, look, you don't know what gender your dog prefers. So, like, don't call it a boy or a girl. That, yeah. that is, that was a paper. It's, it, if I'm not mistaken, it was, it, was a, it was these papers, these guys, they, it was two or three of them, that two males, one female, and they submitted all these papers to all these different uh, journals, magazines, whatever you call it, and one of them was about dog and sex, and, 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 and if your dog's humping your leg, it's owners who are ashamed of their dogs for humping male legs as opposed to female, and, and it just goes to something that, that was, um, <laughs> it was a spoof, man. There was a, there was a <laughs> podcast on it. And you have these guys in there talking about it. And uh, uh, Okay, so it was bullshit? Yeah. Okay. I, I figured it probably was, but it's also like there are like people who take shit too far and it's Yeah. It's, yeah. People, but they got it published uh, in that journal though. People so, misgender my one of my dogs a lot because he's like he's just like a little fluffy white dog. I guess he looks like a girl. So people always think he's a girl, and it's like, I don't bother correcting them. And then they see mm-hmm. his, like, little dog penis, and they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, he literally does not care. <laughs> he hates you because he hates everyone who's not me and my wife, not because you misgendered him. I don't think. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't, doesn't understand. He understand gender at all. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't I mean, he shit. does because he doesn't like men, because I've taught him well. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah. You know, no, he, yeah. Just, he doesn't like men because he's not. He's not around them, and I don't know. Maybe he was abused when he was a little puppy, but none of my dogs 
none of my dogs really like men they do a lot better with women and like feminine men like they love gay dudes and they love dudes who are like so, kind of non-threatening like they really love steven <laughs> but, so i was gonna ask so do you think this might be a weird question is it like gay dudes who just like kind of act feminine or is it gay dudes who kind of look feminine not that steven looks feminine but i wonder if your dogs like go like I think he it's... has long hair no i think like... i don't think it's the way that they look i think it's like more the demeanor uh okay. and kind of like the the behavior like i think it's just like when they see a dominant male they do not like it like they don't like okay. tall dudes like when when they first met Caleb, they did not like him. They're Caleb okay with is, him now, he's, but like he's, he's not like a big no. But he's like a big tall. Like he's definitely like an he's alpha kind of guy. Yeah, and they don't like Paul either. But like they're okay with like Stephen. They were okay with my my little brother who's gay. I just think it's like an energy thing. They okay, love feminine. Um, they love vaginal energy. Okay, they're they're comfortable I, with vaginal energy and and penile energy makes them feel very uncomfortable and insecure i would i would love to meet your dogs to figure out how much vaginal energy (laughs) my dogs have great gaydar (laughs) i went to a wedding recently uh one of my closest friends weddings and i met and i met another friend's fiance who i'd never met before and all my friend has told me is he's like my fiance knows you're gay (laughs) it's not like she thinks i'm gay (laughs) she's like She's like, you know, Corey's gay, right? And he was like, no, Corey, like Corey's dated like women and stuff, and never dated a dude. And like, I think he'd tell me if he's gay. And she's like, no, he's gay. Like, and and she made him feel bad. She was like, the reason he's not coming out of the closet is because his friends aren't giving him a safe space to. <laughs> so he so he called me and he was like, he was like, look, man, I know you're not gay, but if you are, this is a safe space. <laughs> ah, that's messed up. That's funny though. <laughs> that's funny that's how i feel about paul i'm like paul you can come out we'll still do the podcast together we'll just both be gay but your dogs don't like paul which means he's definitely not gay right oh yeah that is oh, true, yeah. That is no, true. <laughs> no I might, I might be a pussy but i'm not gay <laughs> <laughs> he's got vaginal energy i got bad but... but he's a top okay well man um that's about all it's about all i got brother we even covered your stuff here, man. I wish we could do this in person. I do have, uh, I do have one more question. The other question that we used to ask um, was, "What TV or movie universe would you like to live in?" But we're gonna go with, okay. um, "What would you do if you won the lottery?" I'm gonna have such a boring answer. I wish I had a funnier answer. If I won the lottery, I would pay off all my parents' debts. I would pay off my brother's house and my sister's house, and make sure that my little brother, who doesn't have a house, yet is set up to where he could have a house and not have to worry about mortgage. Then I would pay off my shit, probably like splurge on like a really nice car and maybe like a lake house. And then I think I would just like save it. I I don't need a lot of money. I just want to make sure I'm not going to fucking die. That's very, I like your answer. It's very matronly. That's a lot of vaginal energy. (laughs) I am a very matronly person. You sound like a naive, not in a job on uh office space i would take uh, half of it to my friend that and put it into uh, yeah yeah anyway yeah i wish i had a that's a good i wish i had a more exciting answer no i think that's a good answer because i think i think that's that's like my uh litmus test for the kind of person you are okay 
I, I do think I have always thought I live like in this row of like 12 houses and I have always thought it'd be cool to set up like a little artist commune out here. Like, oh. yeah. Have, have y'all ever been to the chicken farm in uh, San Angelo? No. So the chicken farm in San Angelo is they have like eight apartment buildings or eight apartments, not buildings. They're all flat. And they let artists live there for free for like six oh. months to a year, and they just create shit. And like, I think their only rent is they have to be around the second Saturday of every month, and they do an art show. I I remember uh, I going think- to one of those shows. I don't remember actually going to because I used to. I went to college there, so I lived there while I was in college, and then I think I lived there for like six years. Um, and I remember people talking about it, and I think I went to those shows, but I never actually went to where they live. I think the shows might, so where they lived doesn't look like a living space. Like I think they have like, cause it's like this big open area and then you go in like little, like almost little warehouses. And I think they have a living space in the back. Oh, okay. So it's where they do like their art walk. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so like, I think it'd be cool to do something like that. Yeah. If I had enough money and wasn't worried about money to be able to be like, Hey, artists, like, you know, like I have two houses for comedians who just like really like want to work on their craft. I don't want to live in that house. house. <laughs> oh yeah, it would be off. Well, it would be everyone gets their own house because no one should. Okay. Have to live with a <laughs> like, no one should ever live with a comedian, and that includes mine and Paul's wives. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for them. That's yeah, um, you should. Bad. It's not. Me too. <laughs> well, Corey, before we drop, before we end this, man, I just want to thank you for for uh, starting Laugh Hub City because it's it's given all of us uh, an out in love. Well, and uh, I'm appreciative, man. Thank you. Well, you're you're welcome. Y'all have done more with it than I ever could have. So I'm really I'm excited to be back, and I'm excited to be in the community, not as a leader, just as like a, I'm here. Uh, and honestly, my biggest regret or like the biggest thing that's bumming me out so far and I was telling Selena this the other day is I, I just want to get to know the comics here because I don't know a lot of them. And so I want to eh. have a get together or something, but you probably don't, but still, none of us are really that, that interesting or compelling to know. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good to know. That makes me feel better. <laughs> but the get togethers are fun, man. The hang is where it's, it's what it's all about in my opinion. Yeah, I, I like comedy poker nights. I'm ready for a comedy poker night. Yeah. I'm ready for a comedy I'm, I'm about anything, it, but, man. you know, I am not. I just don't like the idea of gambling because you're spending money for nothing. And I like to have mm. things when I spend money. See, I, to me, poker isn't as fun unless, like, I want it to be, like, 10 to 20 bucks to where, like, no one's losing rent money. And mm, yeah. Like, I, I like it to be enough money to where if you win, you'll be like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I can go buy a new Xbox game or, like, you know, something dumb. But, like, if you lose 10 or 20 bucks, like, it's not like, oh, fuck those people. I needed that money. Dude, I don't, I'm just, I'm just ready for us to do comedy anything. I don't I'm just care a bad comedy, gambler. I don't care if it's comedy, strip poker night, there's nothing but dudes, man. Count me in. I'm just, I'm just ready. <laughs> I'm just ready. Paul's going to do a sexy dance right? for you in his crops. I'll work on it, man. I need some new crops, by the way. I, I'm, I'm holding you to that. I like this idea. Thanks a lot, Corey. Well, I look forward to meeting you in person for the third time, but your first time here in the, in the near future, Corey. Yeah. It's Hopefully. Great. I think it's funny I, to think that comedy's ever going to come back. You don't think so? I don't it's think so. so. I don't know. 
I, I don't I know. Just, I mean, I'm not like I'm not holding out for it. I'm just like, well, I guess that was the end of it. It kind of sucks. I didn't get to do a lot of the things I wanted to do, but you know, I did it. Um, I think it has to come back, but I think it, it might be a year or more. Yeah. I just feel like I'm gonna su- like I feel like especially like the other day when we were trying to like when we were going over some of our material. I was like, I just I'm so fucking rusty. I can't even form these sentences the way that I used to be able to. Like, why am I saying 18,000 words when I can use probably 17? Yeah. See, I'm excited for the rust. I, I, I want to have a show. I don't like, like when the this rust. is all over. I don't do well when I haven't been practicing. I really want to, and I, I want to do a house show because of this that's like regular, where it's kind of like we're going to fuck up a lot. And I, I like that feeling of like, this isn't super polished. This is just us fucking around. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, you know. That's a good idea. All right. Well, I'm in on whatever y'all want. Whatever y'all gonna do, man. I'm in on this. Yeah, so, we'll we'll decide once the world's not on fucking fire. Yeah, yeah. No, not not, not yeah. rushing. At one point, I was like, let's, let's, let's get back into it, but nah, not now. Let's yeah. wait. Let's yeah, I'm wait. not trying to kill people's grandmas. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, so yeah, know. this has been a lot of fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up and use the restroom. Thanks a lot. Okay. So guys, right. take care. Sounds great. Bye. 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 You know, like, I think you should be allowed to fuck dogs. <laughs>